Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. And this week, we will be jumping into Season 2, Episode 6, Halloween, one of my personal favorites. And I love this episode. I, I almost forgot how much I loved it until I watched it again. It is just... It's just a fun episode. Yeah, and to be fair, uh, I love all the Halloween episodes for the whole, you know, right. the whole series. But this one started them off, and it's right. it's this, definitely a, a personal favorite. Right, much like much like our season two premiere um, uh, established a tradition of every season premiere after that opening in the in a cemetery. Right. Uh, this season two's. Halloween episode establishes a tradition of a special Halloween episode uh, every season after that, you know. Right. Some some shows have their special, you know, Christmas or holiday episodes. Most shows. But uh, Buffy does Halloween, which is perfect. Oh, yeah. For, oh, yeah. For the type of show it is. So. Yep. One of my personal favorites. Um so what's going on, James? What's new? Anything new? How's how's life? How was your uh, how was your week? It's uh it's been okay, All you know, right. nothing exciting, nothing uh, out of the ordinary. No lost limbs or anything of that nature. No lost what? Limbs or anything of that nature? Nope, I've still got still got everything. Okay, um, cool, cool. Well, it's I always can, good uh, if you can you know you can get through a week and not lose any limbs. It's the way I look at right. it. Right. Um, when we're not recording later, I'll drop trow. Let you see everything's still intact there. Oh, I, I can't <laughs> wait. I cannot wait for that. Hey, so how's the weather there in uh, Chicagoland? It is um, today. I believe we topped out at 85, 87. Um, that's the actual temp. The heat index is probably uh, more than that. Um, but it is uh, hotter than Hades balls. Yeah, so. uh, we topped out at 98 um, with the heat index. Uh, there's no telling. The humidity and dew point are through the roof. It's it's hotter than two rats fucking in a wool sock here, so uh, yeah. not pleasant. I uh, did a little bit outside today, and I came in, and I was just dripping. I was like this... I didn't even do that much, and I'm just dripping sweat. So, yeah, yay July. Yeah, I'm. Um, I've never been one to complain. I'll complain about the cold. Oh, me too. I've never been. I've never been one to complain about the heat. Yeah. Um. I just. I so. hate winter. I. I despise it. Oh, I hate winter. I. I'd, I'd much rather be out in, in your ninety-eight degree weather than, than you know. Uh, double single digit temperatures yeah i hate cold i hate snow i hate ice uh yeah yeah i'm with you there yeah outside of uh fuck it's hot you will probably never hear me complain about the heat at the way you would hear me complain about the cold oh yeah i I, I bitch nonstop during winter it's it's a nonstop bitch fest for me i i personally i would rather be melting than freezing. Yeah. Well, personal I'm the same way unless until it's sleepy time. 
uh, when it's sleepy time, I love to be uh, nice and cold and, uh, yeah, you know, kind of curl yeah. up in some blankets and, uh, yeah. Right. Well, that's why I, I, you know, crank up the AC and I put a fan on me and yep. strip down. Yeah. To your skivvies. And, uh, and, uh, full birthday suit, my friend. Whoa. Whoa. That's right. That's, that's right, right, ladies. That's right. <laughs> Okay. So. Well, anyway, uh, James, why don't you give us some of those delicious dates and deets? Before we do that, oh, I did want oh. to com- comment. Um, we we did have um, a comment um, uh, on YouTube. Our our good friend Silver Siren commented mm-hmm. on Inca Mummy Girl. Okay. Um, but it wasn't really about the episode. Um, they pointed out that uh, they had caught a glimpse of my semicolon tattoo uh-huh so um i did just want to re- briefly very quickly kind of spotlight the semicolon project okay um it's uh it's an organization um that deals with um uh mental health issues mm-hmm. um unfortunately um a couple years ago the founder of the semicolon project um did lose her battle with depression mm-hmm. and unalived herself. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a great organization. Um, I've, I've been, um, semi active with it for a few years now, um, since before I got the tattoo. Um, so that's what that is. If anybody saw it and was wondering, um, so that's all. And uh, Silver Siren did mention that uh, they themselves have a semicolon tattoo. So I would just like to extend a a heartfelt, uh, sincere. Um, I'm very glad that uh, you've made the choice to continue writing your story and uh, are joining us every week as we uh, as we revisit Buffy. Absolutely. And that goes to everybody out there that's um, suffering with any sort of mental or emotional uh, um, diseases Absolutely. or struggles. So Absolutely. That's all. Yeah, if, if, if nothing else, it, you know, maybe our show can help you, you know, uh, make it through another week of just, just to listen to us uh, be stupid and idiotic, <laughs> if, if nothing else, you know. Yeah, so. 100%. And you bash don't have, Xander's it, balls. <laughs> If yeah, if you don't take anything else away from this every week, then just a desire to tune in next week and see what uh, off the wall shit we might say, then that's good enough for us. Yep, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So yes, I will dive into our dates and deets this week. As previously stated, we are revisiting Buffy the Vampire Slayer season two, episode six. Halloween, the 18th episode overall of the series. Our episode director this week is Bruce Seth Green. Our episode credited writer this week is Carl Ellsworth. Our original air date was October 27th, 1997 on the now defunct WB Network. Our regular cast, as always, includes Sarah Michelle Geller as Buffy, Nicholas Brendan as Xander, Allison Hannigan as Willow, Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia, David Boreanaz as Angel, and Anthony Stewart Head as Giles. 
Our guest stars this week include Seth Green as Oz, James Marsters as Spike, Robin Sachs as Ethan Rain, Juliet Lando as Landau as Drusilla, Armin Shimmerman as Principal Snyder, and Larry Bagby as Larry, who uh, does go on to become a semi-recurring uh, presence. Yeah, I think show. just in this season, right? Uh, I think so. Maybe maybe season three. Okay. I I'm not remember. really sure. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, uh, spoiler alert for anyone not familiar, um, the introduction of Ethan Rain, who uh, has, uh, I think he's got a couple more episodes yeah. after this, right? Yeah. Yeah. At least yeah, a couple. I know. And I think What's he's that? mentioned. I said at least a couple, and I and I believe he's even mentioned more than that. Yeah, yeah. I, I know he's definitely got at least one more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, one of my favorite characters. Really? So, yeah, huh. yeah. Um, I because of his relationship with Giles. Sure. So, and opening a um, whole new door of of Gilesdom. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Which we get a little, we get a little taste of in this episode. We do. Our episode synopsis this week reads, On Halloween, Buffy, Willow, and Xander are volunteered by the principal to take groups of kids trick-or-treating, but there is trouble when everyone changes into their costumes. All right, well, mine's just a straight-up-in-your-face. On Halloween, Buffy and her friends patronize an unusual costume shop where customers later turn into whatever costume they are wearing. So it's just straight up, no need to watch the episode. Thanks for joining right. us, folks. Um, right. <laughs> uh, our body count, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that is pretty straightforward. Um, we've had a we've had a few in a row now that were pretty uh, straightforward that way. Yeah, we have. Uh, they're getting a very uncreative on IMDb. <laughs> All right. Why don't you jump, jump us into the right. cold open there? I will jump us right into our cold open. We open at Pop's Pumpkin Patch, where uh, we see that it's two days before Halloween, and Buffy is engaged in what kind of fight? Karate fight with a vampire, and uh, he's he's given her he's given it to her pretty good. He's holding his own. Whoa! And <laughs> which episode were you watching? Um. He's holding his own with our Slayer. And uh, we eventually see that there's another vampire uh, recording the fight. and With uh, a definite ninety late 90s camcorder, folks. Not <laughs> yes. his phone. There were no phones. Well, there no. were, but there weren't any phones with cameras. And, yeah. Right. Um, so he's recording the, the whole thing. And... Uh, Eventually, Buffy, of course, gets the upper hand on our on the other vampire and stakes him. And our uh, our recording vampire, you know, slinks away as he watches Buffy leave. And that is our cold open. It sure is. In a nutshell. It, it, it wasn't there, there wasn't a lot to it, but it definitely uh, uh, you know where you're at. And we're, we're, we know it's Halloween. And yep. uh, yeah, it's uh it's set the table because when we come back from what would have been a commercial break, we're in the bronze. We are. And it is decorated in full Halloween regalia. Um, Angel's there wearing 
again, an odd wardrobe choice. Um, I think it was like a pale, it was like a, it was like a pastel Easter colored button up shirt. I don't know. It was just odd. He, did, he didn't, he you didn't, might, do you need to adjust the color settings on your monitor? I don't know. Am I misremembering that? It, it was like a, a, to the, to the best of my memory, it was just like a pale blue short sleeve button down shirt. Huh. It just looked odd on him because who, who angel ends up th- becoming, and how he ends up dressing him, you know, being dressed. It just these early episodes, he looks so weird in some of these clothing uh, choices. It does. So it's so it didn't stand out as a weird outfit to me. Like I said, it's a pale blue short sleeve button down. But when I did see it, it threw me off because, as you said. It, with knowledge of what's to come, I'm used to seeing Angel in darker colors, trench coat, um, <laughs> the l- long coat. Yeah, so yeah, he's just um, these early episodes. Definitely, he's just it's so odd that when they're they're clearly playing with his look, right? And uh, they have not found it yet. <laughs> I um yeah it it does throw me off sometimes seeing him um um in these early episodes. Like essentially, like post season three, yeah. I think season three is really when they kind of, you know, figure out that the darker wardrobe and the longer coats are what really work for the character. Right, and so <laughs> all I could think of when I, because I paused it and was looking at it for a while, this this uh, shirt ensemble uh, choice, and I thought he looks like a preteen in the eighties <laughs> going, going to Olin mills to have their family photo taken. And he looks extremely uncomfortable, uh, but that's all I could think of. But anyway, he's sitting there alone at a table looking really awkward and like he definitely does not belong, which really a 240 something year old man in a, in a preteen or, uh, I should say an under 21, uh, club, should look uncomfortable and out of place. I think I think that's something else that makes the wardrobe, the the lighter wardrobe uh, choices seem a little off-putting. Is the fact that um, it it almost seems like he he's making choices that that he thinks are gonna force him to fit in more. Yeah, blend Does him in. Sense? However. You know, these, these are late 90s kids that are all wearing dark stuff. And, you know, yeah. He's, right, because right. everyone he, was emo in 97. Right. He's sticking out like a sore dick. So <laughs> uh, Cordelia comes up and uh, just invites herself right in, sits down, starts chatting, uh, tries to, you know. He tells her he's waiting for Buffy, but, you know, obviously Cordelia doesn't give a fuck. You know, she talks about how she's waiting for Devin, who seems to have flaked out on her once again. And, um, so yeah, Cordelia is basically trying to slide into Angel's DMs here, uh, <laughs> even though she knows there's a thing with her and Buffy, which she could care less. Um, they kind of start to bond a little bit over their mutual, uh, I guess, ditchingness. And, uh, they go into this, dis- this brief discussion about leather. And their high opinions or their their high standards for leather, and it's um, it's really weird. It's it's very brief, but it's just really weird. They start talking about leather, and it, it um, must 
it, it must have been very brief because I have no idea what you're talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> yeah, go back and listen to it. They have like four, three or four lines about leather and how leather needs – just listen to it. It's really weird. Because I was like, it's almost like they were writing the scene and they were like, shit, we need a couple, we need like two or three more lines of coverage here. Yeah, you know, I, you know what? I remember I remember now. They're talking about the interior of Devin's car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and I that's, remember. Yeah, yeah, that's how it begins. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's really weird. But Buffy walks in. Which, you know, she's straight from this fight that she had in the cold open. So um, she looks a little disheveled. Not, not as much as they're trying to that Cordelia later tries to play it up as, but, you know. Right. Like, like Cordelia acts I, like, she comes up and she's all like, oh, my God, you know, acts like she looks like she's just been through a razor blade factory or something, but she's right. just very, very slightly disheveled, nothing major right. because. Like, right. It, like, if Buffy came up to my table looking like that, I wouldn't ask her to leave. No, if <laughs> Buffy came up to my table straight out of, like, a, an alley where she'd been sleeping for a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. Anyway, um, you know, so Angel rushes up to her, and he's like, hey, you know, blah, 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 and he pulls he pulls this tiny little piece of straw out of her hair. And honestly, once he did that, I was like, well, she looks completely normal. She looks fine. Otherwise, I mean, but anyway, so, and they're discussing, you know, uh, her being late and whatnot, and she's like, yeah, you know, slang. And shit, and then Cordelia comes up, makes a snide comment about you know how dirty Buffy looks, which again, as we discussed, it's doesn't really play out visually. And Buffy t- talks about how you know it was a mistake thinking she could have a normal dating life, you know, blah blah blah, and um, she's she just kind of bummed out, and um, she, she's feeling the pressure and the overwhelmingness of being the slayer and trying to be a teenage girl and she's you know and she's 16 or right she's still 16 in this in this season right is it 16 or 17 uh anyway she's she, she's 16 or 17 you know she's yeah. having a little moment so she kind of she kind of she kind of bails and and then um Cordelia of course comes over and offers Angel a cappuccino again trying to slide into those DMs <laughs> um I was so I I was as soon as this conversation between Buffy and Angel started and Buffy went into her uh, this was a mistake. I I like let out such a sigh. I was like, we're right. Just like we talked about last week, like Buffy and Angel had come to their little agreement that that, that you know, they were into each other and they were going to give it a shot. We'll just make it work. You know. Right, and now, like, not even 20 minutes into the next episode, we're getting the, I, I, this was a mistake to think I could make this work speech. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I know, she's what, like 20 minutes late? Right. It's yeah, not we like don't it's even a, know how late she yeah, is. Yeah, it's not like it's a big deal. It's not like he waited there all night and she never showed, and then he went and, like, cut himself and wrote poetry in the dark or something. And I mean, right. give me a fucking right. break. What's the big deal? Right. Like, he was very, like, he like, he was clearly not upset that she was late. No, he was very happy like, to see her, you know. and Right. 
You just be like, yeah. oh, hey, sorry I'm late. Lena, let's party, whatever, you know. But no, she's like, oh, <laughs> you know, woe is me. Uh, I was just going to say, woe is me. Yep. Life is troublesome. Let me throw myself out this window. I can take it no longer. But, yeah, it's a little a little melodramatic. Let's let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, so I'll jump. I'll, I'll go ahead and take this next short scene. Um we we it's the next day and we're at school and Principal Snyder's like just grabbing random kids in the hall and forcing them to sign up for a volunteer Halloween safety program, which as he explains is a program where the high school kids have to take like groups of little kids trick or treating. Um, and Buffy and Xander and Willow are all like, "Oh fuck no, you know we're definitely not signing up for that, you know no thanks." Well, then Snyder spots them and immediately grabs Buffy and brings her over and basically browbeats her and makes her uh, sign up, as well as Xander and Willow. I I love Principal Snyder. Oh yeah, like his his absolute disdain for 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 the students. Yeah, is... Armin Shimmerman is one of my all time favorite actors in on period. He's just. He can be, he is so good at being the little schnotty fuckhead that you just, I mean, for anybody that watched Star Trek Deep Space Nine, they know he's Quark, um, or maybe they don't know, but that's Quark, but uh, he's just, he's fantastic. I, I follow him to this day on Twitter, um, he's, he's, he's an author now, he's, he's got a whole uh, little fantasy world he's created. Um, that he writes books about that are fairly popular. And, um, no, he's, he's just a great guy and he, <laughs> I love him. And as principal Snyder. Yeah. I like how in this scene, we not only get like, like the furtherance of his clear disdain for the students at Sunnydale high, yeah. but also his obvious disdain for Halloween and yeah. probably all holidays. Yeah. He just, he just disdains everything that, that brings joy to anyone else. You know, he's, he's just, he's clearly a very miserable <laughs> SOB. So I, I loved it. I loved it. But yeah, that's anyway, that sorry. scene. He just makes them all sign up and they're all like, fuck. And he, and he says, oh, what does he say? They gotta be there at, Six, and then they have to have the kids back by eight. Is that what it oh, was? Oh yeah, Buffy. Uh, Buffy tries to make some sort of excuse. I forget. Well, yeah, she says she she says she's uh, acquired carpal tunnel syndrome, which makes right. carrying a flashlight uh, virtually impossible. Right. Oh, right. And that's when he says, yeah. the program starts at four. Four. And the children yeah. have to be back home by six. Which I was like, the fuck. Four. Who goes trick or treating at four o'clock? I mean, they do in my neighborhood. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Wow. We did. I did. Hmm. Wow. Me and my friends, we never went until it was you know close to or like right at dark. Uh, well, I mean, you were probably older at that point. No. Right. I was like six. No, we'll no, I around. was. I didn't start trick or treating by ourselves till we were probably, I don't know, ten, maybe. And then, I don't know. It was just where I grew it, up. It was always you went at dark. Yeah, where where I've grown up, it's there's always been designated times. Oh, there's to, never no. That's go. a thing now here. Yeah, but that was definitely not a thing in my in in my. I mean, because 
the last time I went trick-or-treating was probably the very, very early 90s. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was no there was no such such thing by then. But, of course, these days, you pretty right. much have to. You have to give them an AK-47 to go trick-or-treating. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, where do we go next, James? Uh, we are in the – we transition to the lounge. Uh, Their personal area. lounge again. No, there's other students sitting in there. Yeah, I know, but they always have the prime location. They do. Um, So they're they're walking into the lounge, and they're talking about how um, um, Snyder said costumes are mandatory for, for the taking the kids trick-or-treating and um because you know he could totally enforce that right i mean oh, and I don't know. uh buffy makes a comment about how she was planning on staying in and staying in and vegging out because it's the one night of the year things are supposed to be quiet um, which how would she or wait yeah was there a there wasn't a halloween episode in the first season no, but um, I get what you're getting at, and in the very in the very next line, she says that G- that Giles told her that. But she would have been there for the for the first Halloween, right? Yeah, she was there the school year prior. Oh yeah, yeah. Strange. Well, anyway. well, we don't. I don't think we ever got any solid confirmation as to at what point in the school year. Season one started. That's true. That's Did true. we? No. So we'll just pretend that it. We'll just we pretend did. it was November <laughs> when she started school. We'll there. just we'll and just pretend Buffy started in late fall. Yeah, it was it was November. It was November the thirteenth when she began school at Sunnydale High. <laughs> Actually, I think uh, if I remember correctly, I think I I think. Um, she started at the beginning of the school year last year. I know. I think I was thinking the I same think, thing. <laughs> but let's just pretend. Because yeah. I, I, I'm distinctly remembering us having a conversation about um, not knowing when she, when she started at Sunnydale, and then figuring out that based on conversation between Xander and Willow, it's near the beginning of the school year. Yeah, yeah, so. it is, but. Uh... Anyway, for our purposes, we'll pretend that she started late. <laughs> so, uh, so she says Giles told her that it's supposed to be quiet on Halloween, and uh, Xander ends up heading over to the soda machine, and he puts his money in, and he tries to get a soda, and nothing will come out, and then he gets confronted by Larry, big Larry, and. and uh, they have they have a little back and forth before Larry starts asking about Buffy, and uh, Larry basically wants to know if Xander thinks Buffy would go out with him. Xander says no, and Larry indicates that he heard from some of the guys around school that Buffy's easy. Well, he fast. says fast, fast, but we know what that means. And uh, do we? Xander, Xander gets huffy, and uh, um, 
he and uh, Larry are about to go go toe to toe, and Buffy grabs Larry and shoves him into the pop machine, and uh, which of course humorously releases a soda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, thus totally emasculating. Right, and the end result being Xander is emasculated and humiliated, and he thanks Buffy for the humiliation and proceeds proceeds to storm off all but hurt because Buffy just kept him from getting the ever-living snot beat out of him. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because this Larry guy's a pretty big guy, and... uh... Right. If we didn't say that, and Xander's not, so. Right. Which, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think I would be upset in in this turn of events. Um, if I was Xander, hell, if I was me, and I was confronted by Larry. Yeah, and, if anybody wants to save me from an ass whipping, that's fine. Right, and... And Buffy or any other girl st- stepped up and stopped that from happening. I don't think I'd be butthurt. Yeah, like, guy, girl, be... dog, mouse, whoever wants to right. help me out. Right. As long as I don't have to suffer an ass whooping. Yep. So, uh, after Xander storms off, uh, Buffy and Willow um, talk about uh, Buffy's non-date with Angel last night and how she blew it and Willow tries to reassure that Cordelia's not Z- uh, Buffy's type or um, Angel's type and you know Buffy's all like you know but how do we know we don't I don't really know anything about Angel you know she says she's known him for less than a year and he's not really forthcoming with information and then they have the brilliant idea to sneak the Watcher Diaries concerning Angel. Which isn't this the of... first we've heard of Watcher Diaries? No. No? That's how we found out about Angel in the first place. Oh, you're right. Okay. And Spike, for that matter. Oh, you're right. Yeah, William. Yeah, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, so... sorry. <laughs> Um, I'll edit that out. No, you won't. No, I won't. I'm way too lazy for that. <laughs> um, all the listeners know we don't edit anything out anyway. Nope, not a except, damn thing. Except, except what I, is still a video I watch probably at least three times a week <laughs> when you forgot the fucking name of the show. Yeah, yeah, I do watch that every now and then because I'm just like... <laughs> You can I can see it in my own eyes where I can where I see the gr- the gears just grind to a halt and I'm like, fuck, what's the name of the show? Uh, so anyway, yeah, they come up with the brilliant idea to sneak the Watcher Diaries concerning uh, Angel out of Giles's office and the library to see, you know, if it gives any indication as to uh, who Angel was and is and the sort of things he likes particularly pertaining to the ladies the ladies Uh, something that threw me off about this is buffy says that the watcher diaries are personal and that looking through them um um would be like against the rules yeah like a violation but a violation of what 
Yeah, like I don't. First of all, whoever wrote it's been dead for two hundred and some odd years. Right. Like I don't. I don't get it. Like, I don't either. I I don't know what that's about, but I just I just went with it. Yeah, I I'm mean, like, why couldn't she just go to Giles and be like, "Yo, right, I want to see." You know I that I'm that I'm diaries. seeing Angel, so I want to see the fucking diary and right. learn some shit about him. Like, why would Giles be like, "Oh no, I can't let you see that. It's the sacred text of a 235 year old <laughs> watch." You know, right, right, and like, it's literally nothing that if they if if they had to go back to the diaries for research purposes that Giles wouldn't share anyway. Right. And so I don't understand this. And how's he gonna that... stop her anyway? She's the fucking slayer. Right. I'd be like, right. I'm just gonna tear the door off your book cage and fucking get it. Right. Oh. Um so that's where we end that scene. And we jump to the library. And I'll take this real quick. We're in the library, and Buffy and Willow peek through the window and don't see Giles there. So they they sneak in, and um, or Buffy sneaks in, and she's on her way over to Giles' office. And surprise, Giles is there in the book cage, weapons cage. And uh, he surprises Buffy, who spins around, and um, she's immediately like, nothing, hi. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh... Oh, you're not up to anything. And, uh... He says that, um... Since tomorrow night is supposed to be quiet, he thinks they should practice some, uh... Some battle techniques. And, uh... They start going back and forth and about, um... Uh, how Giles should needs to learn how to have some fun and um, this and that and uh, and then she goes into a rendition of girls just want to have fun. Yes, it's full. Bl- it's like three minutes long. Right. It's really awkward. It no. is. And um, the whole time Buffy's trying to get Willow to sneak into the library to to sneak into Giles's office to to get the the diary and. Buffy's trying to keep Giles distracted and uh, she eventually fully gets his full attention by uh, telling him that Ms. Callender said he was a babe. Yeah. And um, they go back and forth with that for a little bit as Willow sneaks in and um, grabs the diary and sneaks back out. And then, um, Buffy abruptly ends their conversation and exits the library. Yeah. And then we skip to the lavatory. Or the, the, or the, the ladies' lavatory. Or the loo, if we have any English listeners out there. Uh, Buffy and Willow are sitting on the sinks, and they're reading through the diary and talking about... They, they find this picture... Very well drawn of a noble woman from the year that um, Angel would have been 18. And, you know, she's real beautiful and well-dressed. And, she, you know, she's she's dressed like someone from that era would be dressed in the big, you know, the, the corset and the big flowing ridiculous dress and all that stuff. So, um, Which leads Buffy 
to wish for a white a life more like hers, full of you know elegance and gowns and servants and all that. And uh, Cordelia walks in about that time to I guess she's. It looked like she was she came in there just to like touch up some lip gloss because that's all yeah. she ever did. Yeah, she's checking on her makeup. Yeah, so um, she's in the mirror and she's making snide comments and about how she's spending time with Angel the night before and blah, blah, blah. And um, Buffy's like, yeah, I bet. And uh, she asks Buffy some... She starts questioning Buffy about Angel. And um, (laughs) around that... During her questioning, Buffy and Willow realize that she doesn't know that Angel's a vampire. But uh, let me let me play this clip I've got. You'll you'll see some of uh, their banter back and forth. So what's his story anyway? I mean, I never see him around. Not during the day, anyway. Oh please, don't tell me he still lives at home. Like he has to wait for his dad to get back before he can take the car. Cordelia, I think his parents have been dead for a couple of hundred years. Oh good. I mean, what? Angel's a vampire. I thought you knew. Well, Cordelia didn't know, and she just does not believe them. She thinks um, Buffy's just making this up to get her, keep her away from, um, you know, Angel. And she go, she tells, um, uh, right before she leaves, she tells Buffy, you know, you might be the, you know, the big tough one with, with all this. Um, vampire slayage and, and supernatural stuff, but when it comes to dating, I'm the slayer. And she <laughs> turns on a heel and leaves the bathroom. And um, we skip to a Halloween store. And Buffy, Willow, and Xander um, have gone there after school to find costumes. And um, Willow comes up and She's just got a ghost costume, which is basically just a sheet with some eyes cut in it. And, you know, Buffy's Buffy's like, no, you know, you should, you know, this it's Halloween. Use this as an excuse to dress sexy and, you know, just, just you know, be someone different. And Willow's like, you know, that's just not me. She's, she's just way, way introverted. And um, Xander comes up, and he's got a plastic... Um, like military gun, so he's going to be like an army guy. Um, he's going to wear some fatigues that he got for cheap from the Army Navy surplus store. He says, and um, he's still a little miffed at Buffy, uh, but she apologizes, and they're about to have a touching reconciliation moment when Buffy's distracted. Uh, looks over and sees this like 18th century ball gown, like what she saw in the drawing, and it just draws her in. And um, around that time, the uh, store's owner comes out, and he's a British chap. And um, he sees Buffy eyeballing the dress, and he pulls it off the uh, rack and holds it up in front of her while she's looking in the mirror and, you know, talks about how beautiful she looks. and, And she's like, well, I could never afford this. And he basically says, you know, I'll make you an offer. You can't refuse. So, <laughs> no, he doesn't say that at all, but that's what he alludes to and basically saying he's going to make it work in her budget. So, um, he seems very, this guy seems very kind of 
creepy and nefarious. And we'll just leave it I at liked that. I liked him. You would. You would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you would. Can we... <clears throat> Can we talk about something real quick? No, absolutely not. Go to the next scene. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, just backtracking a little bit. This watcher diary that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but at first I was under the presumption that they specifically had gotten a diary pertaining to Angel. Right. But... This diary is from 1775, when okay. Angel would have been 18 and still alive. Right. Hadn't been turned into a vampire yet. So, are we now of the presumption that that diary was actually just a diary from that time period so that they could get an idea of what Angel was probably into? A general idea of what things were like when he was alive. Well, to get an idea. When I think, because why would there be diaries about Angel when he was alive? When I think back on it, she had more than one book in her possession when she snuck out of Giles' office. Willow did. Did she? Yes, there were at least. I thought she just had. There were at least two. Book. Okay. Okay. So. I'm thinking she grabbed an ain't ain't the one that pertained to angels specifically, and then maybe just a general one from that from that era, mm-hmm. and, which you know, is the which would be the one that they were looking at in the bathroom. Right. So I'm okay. just gonna say, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. like that. Yeah, okay. like they had, like they had already gone through the angel one, maybe, and and now they're just kind of perusing through this one, trying to get an idea of what things were like, you know, in the 18th right. century, and you know, that's my that's right. that's that's my guess. Okay, and I could right. be completely, utterly wrong. I'll accept it. I'll All accept right. it. All right. Uh, do you want me to pick up? No, I'll take this next one too. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's just, just a quick little one, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. a little quickie. Uh, so we cut to the, um, it's like a warehouse where uh, Spike's at since 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 he turned the anno- the annoying one into dust. And um, the vampire who had been recording the earlier fight Buffy had with the other vampire is there, and basically Spike is studying this this tape like it's uh, game tape like he's an NFL player studying tape on the opposing team, <laughs> trying to get a feel for Buffy's fighting style and, you know, maybe see some weak weak spots that he can exploit or something, um, which never works because every time he faces her, she just kicks his ass. So uh, And doesn't <laughs> fucking kill him. Right. She kicks his ass like 113 times but never kills him. Um, about then, Drusilla comes out talking all her weird fucking shit where she's been on acid for like the last 110 years. Um, she tells Spike that she's had a premonition, basically, of someone um, that has that, that's new to the area who is changing things and switching outsides to insides. Like, like that's supposed to fucking mean anything. Um... And but that it's going to make the Slayer weak, and um, and this will all happen the next day, which is Halloween. And Spike's like, 
nothing ever happens on Halloween. So you're wrong, Drusilla. Get the fuck out of my face. And then he hits her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but no, he's like, nothing ever happens on Halloween. And uh, Drusilla tells him that, um, but this new person has come to change all that. And it's someone new. Let me ask you something. Okay. Um, revisiting these episodes. Uh-huh. Do you remember liking Drusilla more than what you find yourself liking her rewatching the show now? No, I never liked Drusilla. No? Okay. No, my ex who got me in, into Buffy to start with, she mm-hmm. was a Drusilla freak. She Drusilla was her favorite, other than Buffy herself, mm-hmm. Drusilla was like her favorite character. And we used to argue about it all the time because I'd say she's just like she's so dopey she's like she's on acid all the time talking in riddles and stupid shit and it just annoys me and I don't really care for the character I love her as an actress uh, Julia, oh, yeah, Julia Landau, Landau she's awesome yeah. but I know I never I, really cared for Drusilla I I remember liking Drusilla far more than what I am so far uh Re rewatching the show, and again, it could be a lot of it is probably like hindsight or knowing what's to come with the character. Yeah, that that clouded my my. Uh, oh my goodness, I I really enjoy this character judgment, but like watching this scene, I couldn't wait for it to be over. Yeah, yeah, anytime she, but I was, like I said, I was always that way. Anytime Drusilla would show up, I was like, oh, fuck, somebody stake this bitch. I'm so right. tired of her. I, I can't even do an impression. She's just so annoying. I I think, I, I think my fondness of Drusilla must come from later appearances when she's not as, like, loop, like, uh, scattered when she's not always talking in riddles and yeah, and whatnot. A good way that I could, that I could think of to explain it, it she's like an uninteresting Yoda <laughs> on LSD. So I, you know, I, and it's just it's not enjoyable to me. Right. I know. I right. know that Drusilla has a huge following in the in the Buffyverse oh, yeah. fandom, but right. I am not one of them. Right. And I'm not saying I hate the character. I'm saying that... Oh, I hate my, I hate the character. I'm saying that my my remembering uh, the character was definitely clouded by future Drusilla in, the, in these shows, as opposed to the Drusilla we're currently getting. But anyway, why don't you take this brief little scene back at Ethan's shop, and then I'll pick up uh, after that. Back at Ethan's shop, um, and that's it. Nick, on to you. No. Uh, <laughs> there's a, We see a man wearing a dark hooded robe, and he walks into a room that's, like, filled with candles, and it's got this creepy altar with this... It's a, it's a statue of Janus, Janus, however you want to pronounce it, but they don't say that. It's the two-faced god. I don't think they actually say that in this... I don't know if they ever say it at all Not in the in whole the episode. Scene. They they do in the episode. Oh, do they? Okay, okay. And they pronounce it Yana, Yanis. Well, Yanis. Yeah, well. 
Tomato, tomato, you fucking California fuckers. Uh, this, <laughs> the, we discover that it's that it's the creepy British chap um, who owns the the establishment who had sold Buffy the dress, and he gets on his knees and he cuts his palms and then gets blood off his and he's putting marks and shit on his face and saying this prayer to his god chaos. His god is chaos, and um. So yeah, that's 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 that scene. That's really all that happens. And that takes us to Buffy's bedroom where she's admiring her her gown and she's wearing a long I probably dark... look insane right now on video. Why? I've lost my pin. <laughs> I set it somewhere and so I'm just con- I'm just all over the place right now like where the fuck is so anyway, if you're watching this, sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, you're giving me motion sickness. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, she's admiring herself in her gown and she's got a, a long dark wig on and, um, Willow's in the bathroom changing and, um, they're talking about, uh, how Buffy's going to meet Angel back here at her place after, after the trick-or-treating, because her mom's going to be out. Yeah, and now, like, everything's fine again, but they're going to meet right. at the you know, I don't, I don't fucking know, man. But see, but here's the thing. Like, when this conversation started and they were like, when are you, are, you know, where are you meeting Angel? I was so relieved. I was like, okay, so... I jumped the gun a little bit. Like that conversation between Buffy and Angel at the beginning wasn't the we can't do this yada yada conversation. It was more it was more of a just Buffy like being emo. Right, complaining yeah. about the situation, not flat out like re- rebuking the situation. So We can never be on hell. Right. Right. So like, I was so relieved. I was like, I was like, okay, like we're finally over that, that back and forth hump. Like they've acknowledged it's a, there's going to be some problems. There's going to be some issues, but they're going to forge ahead with it. So right. I was very relieved in this, in this little brief uh, bit of conversation. Um, so she, Buffy is talking about how, um, well, they're both talking about how, you know, Buffy can't wait to, for Angel to see her in, in her costume and it's going to be a blast from his past. And, um, Buffy tells Willow to come out of the bathroom you know, and she can't hide in there all night. And Willow makes her promise not to laugh and, she comes out of the bathroom and she's wearing um, your basic late '90s uh, streetwalker attire. Yeah, horror. Whore. I call it um, a horror costume. Horror costume. Yeah. yeah. Um, she looks good though. Oh, she looks <laughs> real good. Let's that's not that's not bullshit. Um. Yeah. So it's like it's she's she's wearing. Boots and a. It's like a pleather pleather mini skirt and. Yeah, black leather mini skirt and uh, like a burgundy 
long sleeve, deep V-neck midriff top, and and she's clearly very uncomfortable. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Buffy tries to reassure her that you know she looks she looks good and um um uh she um you know willow's like you know it's just not me and buffy tells her you know that's that's the point halloween's you know the is the night that you know not you is you but not you (laughs) but is you right and uh at that point the doorbell rings and um buffy says it's it's xander and um Buffy tells Willer, Willow she can't Willer. wait for <laughs> Willer. Buffy tells Willer she Buff, can't Buffy wait Buffy tells for Willer, she says, get on over there now. Get on over and turn some of that butter for me there, Willer. She says, I can't wait for all them boys to go nonverbal when they see yous. Oh, shit. I bet they know. I bet they know all their numbers and letters. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Buffy tells Willow she can't wait to see all the boys go nonverbal when they see her. And then we cut to downstairs and Buffy comes down and opens the door and um, Xander comes in and he's saluting with his little toy machine gun. And he's he's taken aback by how Buffy looks in her in her her uh, gown. And um, she's like, well, wait till you see. And they turn to the stairs as Willow's coming down and says hi. And she's covered herself up in her ghost sheet costume. Yeah. And damn it, uh, Willer. And Buffy's clearly disappointed that she put the ghost costume on and Xander's kind of just staring at her. And we cut back to Sunnydale High and what's happening there? Uh well, there's a fire and people are running out screaming. Their heads are on fire. It's awful. Uh, it's, it's terrible. It's carnage. But it's, what's really happening is uh, uh, Snyder personally hands Buffy's group of kids over to her and, and um, tells that he's, she's not allowed to speak to them, you know, because that would, I guess, uh, taint them with her badness. And we see Larry dressed terribly as a pirate, uh, threatening Xander and teasing him about, you know, Buffy fighting his battles for him and where's his protector and all that kind of stuff. And Then we see Oz. Um, Oz is at his locker, uh, packing up his guitar, apparently, for a gig that night. Which, by the way, as a guitar player and someone who owns many guitars, mm-hmm. and as a guitar person in general, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. no fucking way in hell that mm-hmm. fucking guitar fit in that locker. Just let Do you, you think know. Per- do you think perhaps he was carrying it around with him all day? He must have been. Well, here's the thing that the, I believe the locker door was open and he was knelt down there. You know, in other words, in other words, to to portray that he had taken just taken it out of the locker and blah blah blah. And I'm just like bullshit. Those tiny high school lockers, no fucking way. But see, that's that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. That wasn't my takeaway. That it, well, what they was were your takeaway? Just that he was gathering some stuff out of his locker for the end of the day. But he was knelt down doing stuff in the guitar case. 
Right, he was probably putting stuff from his locker in the guitar case. Oh, well, excuse the fuck out of me. I mean, you're obviously you're, smarter than I am. I mean, because you're right. There's no way in hell those yeah. fucking high school half lockers yeah. were going to fit. Well, no, no, no. Even, e- even if it's, you know, the, the, the full-length, tall, skinny ones, right. it's, it's, it's not fitting. Right. But anyway, that just bugged me. Yeah. I was like, uh, were we supposed to infer that he just took that guitar out of his locker? Because bullshit. So yeah. you're saying... That he walked yeah. around school all day yeah. with his guitar and guitar case. Oh, yeah. All day? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that seems even stupider, to be honest. But It does. It but does. I but guess... also, I was, I was one of the kids in school that I, I never went to my locker. I, I carried my, my book bag with me all day with oh, see, all my in, books in it. In my school, we weren't allowed to do that. You weren't allowed to have uh, book bags because people would carry weapons and oh. crack and things of that nature, probably. I don't know. I'm sorry you grew up in a bad area. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is what it is. But oh, you couldn't have hats. You couldn't have a backpack. No jackets or coats. Nothing. Really? No. Oh, no. Wow. If you were wow. wearing a hoodie, you know, like a pullover hoodie, you could not have the hood up ever at any point in time because, I don't know, you might rob a fucking the, the bookstore. I don't fucking know. Wow. Yeah, it was very Yeah, weird. no. Yeah, no. All, all four years of high school, I I carried my book bag with me all that, day That would have been nice. Never went to my... Never went to my locker. Well, I also never really went to my locker, but that's because I rarely ever went to class. And if... <laughs> And if I did go to class, I probably didn't take a fucking thing with me, not even a pencil. I just sh- basically showed up there. So gotcha. Gotcha. that's just who I was. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, uh, Larry being a douchebag, yada, yada. So Oz, you know, he uh, he's there this thing at his locker getting his guitar, and Cordelia storms up, and she's in like... I guess it's supposed to be a quote-unquote sexy cat outfit, but it looks really dumb. <laughs> like, she's in, like, a like a unitard thing, and she's got, like, whiskers painted on her and, like, her nose. Is, I don't know. It's, it's supposed to be sexy, I guess, but it just looks silly to me. And she's complaining about Devin not showing up for their date, you know, I guess the other night there at the bronze, and yada, 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 and... Telling you know, telling Oz to tell him all this thing, all these things, and then Oz is like, "Well, what what am I supposed to tell him?" And she's like, "Nothing." God, aren't you even paying attention? She storms off, and he's like, "I don't know." Oz is just like, "What the fuck is with this chick?" And he he uh, he turns with his case and goes to leave, and he almost runs into Willow, who's wearing her full ghost costume, head to toe, and so he has no idea who she is, and um. You know, sorry, sorry, and they pass each other, and um, we see Xander giving his group of kids uh, tips on how to get the most candy out of people. And I, Oz has one of the funniest lines at the end of this scene after Cordelia walks off. Mm-hmm. Oz like oh, yeah. watches her go, and he's like, "Why can't I meet a nice girl like that?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like it's dripping with such like sarcasm sarcasm and i feel like it would in a way that only seth green could deliver the line oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) seth green was definitely born to play the character of oz in this show oh yeah 
Uh, where did you left off with Xander briefing his platoon about how to get extra candy from people? Right. And then we cut to the streets, the mean streets of Sunnydale. The mean streets of the Dale. <laughs> and uh, we see uh, a student dressed as a vampire is with their group of kids, and they're walking by Buffy's group, who's coming back from a house, and Buffy asks, you know, you know, what did what did Mrs. Davies give you? And they all pull out toothbrushes. And that was the worst. Did you get shit like that? Dude, if anyone if anyone in my neighborhood had been giving out toothbrushes, their house would have been destroyed. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. Last last year I took I went trick or treating with the nieces and nephews and a house two doors down gave all gave all the kids um um glow sticks like just glow sticks well i mean at least it's useful you know yeah i mean i guess like it's still fucking stupid why can't you just go to the goddamn store and buy a few bags of fucking candy right. like everybody else why does everybody have to be like oh i'm going to give out popcorn balls or i'm going to give out glow sticks whoa, whoa time out time out Oh. I'm a big fan of popcorn balls. I've never had a popcorn ball. Really? No, whenever they, if someone would hand those out, I would immediately pull it out of my bag and throw it in the street. Oh, I, no, I like popcorn balls. Popcorn yeah. balls. I'm just saying, like, why? why no, I, I've I, never I, understood why. Although, now, uh, let me, let me, let me, let me time out here. There was a house when I was a kid <clears throat> in my neighborhood known for giving out like $1 bills, but they would only be like, I guess they would take like a 20 or maybe 40 bucks and get like dollar bills. And once they ran out, then they turned their light off and that was it. And I never was lucky enough to get there to get a dollar, but you know, that's okay. If you want to hand out cold, hard cash, that's fine. Um, but toothbrushes and yeah. And there was this lady who used to do carameled apples, and I'm like, how am I going to walk around with this fucking carameled apple? You mean put it in my bag, lady? You know, like she made them herself. Yeah, caramel and it apples? was very sweet and thoughtful, but I was like, right, it's not realistic, but, you know? Right, right, because because I love me a carameled un- apple. Oh yeah, me too. But you now know? you've got an unwrapped caramel apple. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, I got a bag in one hand and a fucking apple, and like, you know, right. And it's not like you can eat it because then the uh, the rest of the day you're gonna be like, yeah, exactly. Because your mouth's gonna be stuck together with gooey caramel. And the year that I got that from her, I was you had braces, uh, didn't you? I did. And uh-huh. and I was Freddy Krueger, so <laughs> I had the appliances that applied and glued to the face, and everything. I was like, I can't fucking eat this thing. It's it's going to be all over this mask, which is already itching the shit out of me because it's this gluey shit. And, uh, right, right, right. Uh, anyway. Yeah, the glow sticks, like, that threw me off. Like, that's just I weird. don't know. It's not like, it's not like my, my, 10 to, my 10 and younger nieces and nephews are fucking going to raves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like, why do people have to be weird and just strange? Why can't... Oh, yeah. Like, why can't they just go buy a couple of bags of fucking candy and right. hand it out? You know, why right. have to be... Oh, I think... Well, let's give out, you know, fucking, I don't know, water pistols. Because I've seen that shit, too. I'm like, why? You know. If, 
if you give me a water pistol, I'm gonna piss in it, and, and then, then I'm gonna hide in your bushes and shoot and it squirt at you. you in the face. Yeah, exactly. With my warm piss water pistol. Warm, not 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 cold. Warm. Piss. No, it's gonna be. Fr- I'm gonna drink a lot of water. <laughs> Will it be frothy and gonna, too? And then I'm gonna sit in your bushes until I you're I know you're ready to leave, and I'm gonna fresh piss in the water pistol. And then I'm going to squirt you right in your face with it. You know how hard it would be to get your piss into that tiny, tiny little hole that's in a water pistol? You would basically just piss all over your own hands (laughs) as all that would really happen. And then you could just run up and, like, smear it on them and be like, ah, and then run away. I don't know. You'd be like, I've made a horrible decision. (laughs) Exactly. Because I remember those little water guns when I was a kid. The water hole was like... Like the size of a uh, of about a marker, the of, about the size of your piss hole. Eh, yeah, but good luck, <laughs> good luck putting the two together and making the the piss come into the into the gun. You know. Oh, wow. how did this happen? Where did, I don't what know. I don't know. What? People are there are so many people tuning out right now. It's insane. Wow. All um, like, I bet you all three of our listeners have tuned out. So. Um, so, yeah, they pull out their toothbrushes, and Buffy's all like, she must be stopped. And then we And then she back. immediately kicks that bitch's door in and fucking yeah. ki- murders her. Literally murders, murders her. Murders her. Yeah. Like, takes like, one of those kids' fucking the toothbrushes that she gave and sticks it through her fucking eye hole all the way into her brain mm-hmm. kills her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, like, while she's writhing from the, the toothbrush in her eye, Buffy picks her up. And basically fucking banes her yep. right over her yep. knee and snaps the, that woman's back. Yep. And, and then just leaves the her there then leaves her there to die horrifically and right. slowly. The like the kids are screaming. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're but they're fucking... not running because they're fucking they don't they're in shock. Yeah. They just watched they just watched this nice lady that's been taking them trick or treating all night brutally murder and break a a, a woman. PTSD, man. Wow. Um. <laughs> Listen, they yeah. need to they need to know what the real world's like. They do need to know what the real world world is like. We've been And there's only one need... other person who could show them that truth other than Buffy. Homelander? Willer. <laughs> Willer. <laughs> Willer. Come with me, um. you little fuckhead. <laughs> um Sorry. God, we are... Wow. We... Yeah. So, uh, we cut back to the back room at Ethan's uh, uh, costume shop. And he's... uh, He's chanting. He's doing an incantation, a spell. And uh, he's speaking in Latin. And... uh, Is it really Latin, though, or do you think it's just made-up horse shit? No, it's Latin. Oh, is I it? can tell you what the translation is if you want to know I'm, now, or we can wait till behind the scenes. I, I know you don't care. I couldn't possibly care less. <laughs> Fine, I'm going to save it for behind the scenes. So oh, you cannot yay! Care. You cannot care till all the way till then. Oh, <laughs> uh, go ahead and continue we, on. I'm trying to find my razor blade. Sweet. <laughs> Make the right choice, Jeremy. Make the right choice. I am. I am. See? Oh, my God. 
No. Stop. This is a safe place. This is a safe place. Only if you promise to not fucking tell me that Latin translation later. No, I'm going to tell you. God, I fucking hate everything about you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, we cut to another house, and Willow is with her group of kids, and Willer, they're <laughs> and they're standing <laughs> on, at the door, and uh, um, one of the kids is wearing a like a green monster mask, and he rings the doorbell, and old lady answers the door, and just the uh, sweetest, jolliest old lady. She's like the nicest person we've ever seen in Sunnydale. This this old lady. Yeah. Like, literally. Yeah. Um, and uh, the kids, of course, are all trigger, you know, they yell trick or treat. And then we cut back to Ethan's, and um, he's still uh, um, uh, doing his little Latin incantation. and Which, we isn't, cut, which isn't real Latin. It is real Latin. We cut back to Buffy, and we see... Her hair, her wig jostles a little bit. Like there's a, a small wind starting to pick up, and she seems to to sense that something's off. And uh, we cut back to the lady with Willow and the kids, and her candy bucket is empty. And she's. Uh, we cut back to Ethan's, and he raises his head as as. Uh, he finishes the spell and he says showtime. Um, and then we cut back to the lady's house and she's like, I could have sworn I had more candy. And suddenly one of the kids wearing a red uh, rubber monster cap with horns morphs completely into a red skinned monster. And the kid with the green monster mask also changes into an actual monster and starts to choke this nice old lady the yeah. fuck out. <laughs> he grabs her by her and she's just, she's just like, ah! <laughs> and he's like, ah, die, bitch! And I was like, damn, that escalated. But, and, uh, yeah. And, it was uh, pretty fucking I'll, funny. I'll, the look on her face and the way she sold it, she was like, ah! <laughs> um, uh. And of course, all the other kids uh, start to scream and run away and Willow's yelling, no, let her go. And now the the little red monster and the little green monster start attacking each other. And um, uh, Willow's yelling at them to stop. And the old lady runs back into her house and shuts the door. And as the two little monsters are fighting, Willow uh, starts to stumble a little bit. Like, it seems like she's feeling weak and uh we cut to the street and xander's there and he's watching everyone running around screaming and um we hear things being thrown and windows being broken and we cut back to willow and she says she can't breathe and she collapses onto the porch and then um we Liter cut to literally xander. literally dies yes um then we cut back to Xander, and he, uh, it seems like something, like, hits him. Something, like, we don't see. And he bends over a little bit, and, and uh, 
when he uh, straightens back up, he looks around at everything going on and he raises his gun again, only this time it's uh, turned into a fully automatic M16. And he shoulders the weapon and spins around and um, uh, we then cut to Willow back on the porch and she gets up, but she gets up out of her body and she looks down and uh, she's looking down at her her dead ghost covered sheet covered body but her ghost is still wearing her her hooker outfit <laughs> yeah which okay we'll just go with it um we needed to get Allison Hannigan in that outfit for more of the episode that is what Joss demanded <laughs> that's pretty, I okay. guarantee fucking tea <laughs> you were right um so Willow kind of realizes what what's going on right away and she's like Oh my god, I'm a real ghost. And she hears gunshots and And then the Ghostbusters uh, pull up and fucking hit her with their fucking right. Oh dude, it's bad, it's bad. Right. Like she's like, Are you a god? And of course Ray doesn't fucking answer right again. Again. And no. Um <laughs> so she hears gunfire and she runs out into the street uh and to uh, meet up with Xander and um, they go back and forth for a little bit and it's it becomes evident very quickly that um, um, Xander has no idea who she is and Willow uh, pieces it um, pieces it together pretty quick and tells Xander you know you know, something crazy is happening. You know, I was, I was dressed as a ghost for Halloween and now I'm a ghost and you were dressed as a soldier and now you're a real soldier, real soldier. <laughs> and, uh, uh, stolen valor more like, <laughs> yeah. And, Fucking uh, Joss Whedon. <laughs> um, oh, shit. I lost my spot. I'm sorry. That sh- that he's a real that he was dressed as a soldier and now he's a real soldier. Yes, and um, he's all like, "You expect me to believe that?" And um, she's like, "I don't care." We, and she leaves. Right, and uh, that's the end of the scene. <laughs> that's no. the end of the episode. Um, and <laughs> everybody Sa- Sanders, di- everybody dies. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, that's not the end of the scene. She leaves, but uh, Xander. Um, as encompassing the body, the body of a, of a nom war vet. And he's suffering extreme PTSD and he ends up taking his life. Right. Yeah. He puts the gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger. (laughs) No, that's so wrong. (laughs) It's full metal jacket, man. It's, you know, um, but he fucks it up because he's Xander. So the shot just comes out of his jaw. So from, for the rest of, he's just all disfigured and fucked up for the rest of the show. Um, <laughs> so wrong. Uh, listen, dealing. There's a reason like, our podcast is marked explicit and adult only. Right. Um, and let me just say, 
to to the listeners and the watchers, the reason we we make jokes like this is the because dark we humor. are scumbags. No, it's the, the dark humor is how we deal with our own our, our own uh, mortality struggles, our, yeah. our own mental illnesses, oh, our yes. own depressions, our oh, own yes. traumas. It's one hundred percent how we deal with it. That's and why we make these. And jokes. I've always oh. been a, a dark humorist, and uh, probably always will be. Me too. Um, so we see a monster appear across the street, and Xander goes to shoot him, and Willow jumps in front of him, and because she's, she's like, gonna block the bullets with her ghostiness, right? You know, and she's like, she's like, no, no guns. That's still a little kid, and uh, um, Willow. He tells her to get out of the way, and she says, no, no guns. That's an order. And he lowers the rifle, and she's like, well, we just need to find. And she sees Buffy behind Xander and kind of across the street and yells out Buffy. And um, she runs across the street, and Xander follows. And um, Willow asks Buffy if she's okay. And um, the monster shows back up and they both growl and roar as they approach and um, uh, Willow asks Buffy what they should do and Buffy sees the monsters and promptly faints to the ground. Mm -hmm. And where do we pick up when we come back from what would have been a commercial break? Well, uh, Xander is shooting uh, all the children. He's like, fuck it. He is shooting, and it looks like he's he shooting is. them, but he's not. He's he's shooting above them and around them and stuff, trying to spook them off. And because even Willow's like, you know what the fuck? And um, they get Buffy up, and much like Xander, she has no fucking idea who she is. She thinks it's seventeen seventy five. Can I? I just I want to interrupt you real quick. Yeah. Can we briefly talk about? And I don't know if you noticed it, but I did. And I, and I was like, that's that's a really good touch. The quality of her, of the wig they have on SMG. Yeah, because the costume wig they had on her before was, cl- was obvious, clearly, clearly a costume wig. A wig. Yeah, and then now it's wig. like really well done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that that is that is an attention to detail that, like I, I, I legitimately sat back and I was like, "That's, that's damn near admirable yeah. for them to like put, like that much attention into into this idea that people are really becoming what their costumes are." Well, you know, I don't know if you know this, but to, more attention to detail. She, SMG actually contracted scurvy and syphilis. <laughs> For the for this portrayal, uh, that's in my behind the scenes. I I, I found that while I was researching uh, production of this episode. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. um, she was she was trying to really get in character here. Yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, she thinks it's seventeen seventy five, and that she is this, you know, well to do um, aristocrat, basically. And Willow's kind of freaking out because now she realizes that the Slayer's useless. And, uh, you know, she's like, fuck. 
So a demon comes flying in and attacks Buffy and Zan- and Xander quickly dispatches it with the butt of his rifle because now he actually is the badass that he always wanted to be. Um, Buffy screams. You know, there's another one, and she <laughs> runs and runs and hides, and it's uh, it's a car. It's a car coming down the road. You know, and <laughs> I love uh, like. I'll I'll touch on this more like in our like discussion when we're done here, but I Sarah Michelle Geller fucking shines in this episode. Oh yeah, oh yeah. As as this as this character. Yeah, like anything. I don't think there's anything that's out of her wheelhouse to play. Like she can pretty much yeah. do it all. And uh, yeah, yeah. She <laughs> so she's screaming and everything. It's a car. She thinks it's a demon. They have to explain to her. It's not. Um, uh, Willow has to explain to Xander why she's acting this way. Well, she, you know, blah, 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 blah. She thinks she's from this era because that's the costume she had on. And and then, you know, she realized they need to get inside somewhere, somewhere they can save, somewhere they can barricade. And she realizes that Buffy's house is the closest. So they head off in that direction. And... Um, Things aren't much better there. Uh, they come in, and Joyce isn't there, of course, because sh- she was not paid for this episode. She's an absentee mother to uh, her teenage daughter. Constantly. Um, she's she's working at the gallery. Right, because on Halloween night is one of their busiest times at, at the gallery. And by gallery, we know... Joyce's history means street corner, right? Okay, we're on the same yeah. we're on the same yeah. page there. <laughs> uh, Buffy freaks out because she finds a picture of herself, you know, like in modern clothes. And let's talk about that picture that she finds real quick. Okay. It is the it is the weirdest like like distant shot of Buffy at the at, like standing on the fucking balcony of the of Sunnydale. Yeah. Like, in in shadow, like, why, one, who fucking took this picture? It's an awful picture. Yeah. Whoever took it should never be allowed to take a picture again. <laughs> Two, why the fuck did Joyce frame this god-awful picture? Three, would someone like Buffy, who is very much, like, into self-image, not to, like, the level of Cordelia yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that, allow Joyce to frame this god-awful picture. And put it in the living room. Right. Anyway, proceed. <laughs> yeah, and why would she look at that and immediately know that that's her? Because I, right. I would be like, well, that's that's not fucking me. You know? Right. But she's right. like, like no, that is clearly she, me. <laughs> how does she know what she fucking looks like? Right. With short blonde hair, you know? Right. Anyway, though, but... So she freaks out and... You know, demons are beating on the door, and Xander um, kind of sticks his gun out, and he's shooting again, again. Which, this got me, because he sticks the gun basically out the door and just starts firing. And I'm like, well, fuck, all the neighbors across the street are dead now. Because that's a fucking M16. Like, that shit right. is traveling. Mass mass casualties there are, Sunnydale this evening. There may not be any fatalities, but there are some serious fucking... Injuries, okay? That's all I'm saying. People are lots fucked of, up. 
lots of stray bullets. The hospitals will be overrun. Oh yes. Small small children have been have been shot. <laughs> have just been awful. shot. Yeah. They're, they're... It's it's like an American high school. Basically, yeah. Or well, any school in America. Yeah. Not just a high school anymore. Yeah. So he's doing that to scare them off and um he hears somebody screaming, so he goes outside, he opens the door and goes out there and Cordelia comes running up and um there's this giant I don't even know it was just this hairy man beast looking thing that was chasing her. Like I was the person dressed up as like the old mascot from Noble Roman's Pizza. Remember that I from the eighties? It it looked like a Bigfoot costume to me. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I'd never even entered my mind, but yeah, that makes sense. It was just weird looking. I was like, I mean, I would run from the fucking thing too, but I'm just saying, what the fuck is that thing? Right. But yeah, she's running yeah. from it and screaming bloody murder. And of course he grabs her and takes her inside. And, um, they ever, uh, Willow notices pretty quickly you know, wait a minute. Why isn't she like an actual cat? Because she was dressed. She's dressed as a cat. And um, but she makes it pretty clear that she's totally her normal self. You know, she because she's like, what's with him? What's with her? You know, what the fuck is going on? And Willow's trying to explain it. And she, you know, complains about her costume getting ripped, which means Party Town's not going to give her her deposit back. And Xander puts his coat around her shoulders, and she's like, that was awfully gentlemanly. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Willow's explaining to her that Buffy and Xander don't know who they are. She, she's given the quick rundown of what the fuck is happening and how she's piecing this all together. And tells everybody to sit tight, and then she, that she's going to go get some help. And she just walks through the fucking wall and on outside. Um, you know, Buffy sees this and basically it just, she damn near fainted again. So <laughs> then outside there's, you know, more demons and monsters and shit rampaging and, um, just destroying the town basically. And we see Spike, uh, walking amongst the chaos and he looks quite pleased. Um, it is like Christmas morning for Spike right now. <laughs> yeah, like he's literally like, fuck, this is awesome, you know. And so he's he's pretty happy. And then back to Buffy's house and uh, Xander's like barricading the door now, you know, putting everything that's not nailed down in front of the door. And uh, he sends Cordelia to get, you know, more stuff to put in front of the door and starts talking to Buffy. And they have very different worldviews, let's just put it that way. Uh, he thinks they should listen to Willow and that they'll uh, that they'll need to fight long, you know, that they're going to need to fight and Buffy thinks listening to a woman however is silly you know, because she's from the 1700s where they were brainwashed to uh, think their own gender was weak and stupid and and that she just shouldn't do anything because she's a woman and, and, and helpless, clearly. Um, but before they start arguing, before it escalates into an argument, Xander finds a picture of Willow, Buffy, and himself. And now he starts believing what Willow's been saying because he can see it there with his, with his own eyes. 
And he's like, yeah, we do have some kind of amnesia. But Buffy's not still not buying it, and she, she just can't get a fucking grip. And right about that time, Angel comes in from the back door. And uh, he's relieved to see that Buffy and Xander are all right. But, and they're both like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, huh? Then where do we go next, James? We cut to the library at good old Sunnydale High, and we see Giles is going through a, a stack of cards that it looks like they look like card catalog cards. Um, for any of you younger listeners, a card catalog? No, <laughs> let's not even um, bother. <laughs> they don't even know what uh, books are anymore because they can just Google it. Um, so he's uh, he's going through these these cards. And he stops, and he's hearing yelling and sirens outside, and he's clearly puzzled by this. And um, as he's listening to it, he sees Willow walk right through the wall. <laughs> and I love his fucking his yeah, his oversell. So it was great. I laughed for a good two minutes straight yeah. after that. Yeah. He he jumped like in complete surprise and scared. And, like, he fumbles the cards, and they go all over the place. And, and he he great. 100%, at least a little bit, shit his pants. <laughs> like, there was a little bit of leakage, I'm positive. It was it was great. Like I said, I laughed for a good two minutes straight after after that reaction. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, so then we cut back to Buffy's house, and... Um, uh, Cordelia comes back and um, uh, Cordelia kind of like fills Angel in on what's going on and um, um, Xander um, so then then the lights go out and uh, um, Xander tells Angel to take Buffy and secure the kitchen and tells Cord- Cordelia that uh, she's with him and they go off. Um, uh, so Angel and Buffy go into the kitchen and uh, Angel sees that the door's open and he's like, the fuck? I didn't leave that open. And he moves towards the door and he's looking around to, to see if, you know, if anyone came in and as he closes the door, the basement door behind Buffy opens up and a vampire attacks and she tries to fight him off. And Angel grabs the vampire and gets him down on the floor. And, uh, um, he, uh, he starts yelling for a steak and, Buffy's confused, and he's like, get me a steak. And See, I, she looks- I swear I thought at that point she was going to look around for, like, a, a, a beef steak. <laughs> and uh, she ends up grabbing a knife off the counter, and she goes to give it to Angel, and he turns to see, you know, what's what's holding her up, and he's in full vamp face, and she screams and runs out the door, and... Uh, we cut back to the library. Which, that drives me crazy because 
He's already been informed that, that she has no idea who she is. Right. But he's just, he's acting so, you know, miffed. Like, why isn't she acting like she should be acting? Because she has no fucking idea who she is, Jack Wagon. But anyway. Right. Uh, we cut back to the library, and Giles is, um, he's in the, the cage, the weapon book lockup, and he's got his, some old papers. It's his and- S&M cage. And he, uh, he's wearing leather um, suspenders. He's in full uh, Frankenfooter regalia from when he did RHBS. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> I'm just a sweet transvestite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. And he, um, he's flogging himself. <laughs> he's flogging himself for the cat or nine tails lipstick. <sighs> Willow's like, uh, dude. <laughs> should I come back later? Do you need me to, like, do I got a piece out? Like, yeah, should I come back? Right. And he's like, if you were corporeal, I'd have you do this for me. And she's yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll come back. Um, he's like, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, uh, later. I'll no. be back, freak. <laughs> <clears throat> um, he's got a stack of old papers and he blows some dust off of them and comes out of the cage and, um, Willow's standing at a book, and she's like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. And then she's like, plus, I can't turn the page. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that could be a problem. Um, so then Giles is like, all right, you know. Quit your bitching. Of... Jeez, I'll do it for you. <laughs> um, and then he, like, he, he licks his finger to turn the page, but he doesn't just lick it. Like, he, like. <laughs> sucks on he puts it the whole, very seductively. He puts the whole finger all the way back to his, yeah. Right. And then seductively pulls it out of his mouth. And then what's really weird, because he knows Willow's a ghost and isn't corporeal, he tries to touch her lips with his yep. his wet finger. Yep. And it goes right through her face. And she looks it's up really like, what weird. was that? And he's like, no, no, nothing. Right. Nothing. Sorry. No. He's like, I thought you had something on you. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> Um, so, no, he's like, all right, quick review. Uh, so everyone turned into whatever the fuck they were dressed as. Is that the dealio? And Willow's like, bam, pops. Yep. Xander's a soldier. Buffy's an 18th century wench. You know, I'm a whore. Uh, I'm right. I'm a whore. <laughs> I'm a ghost clearly. whore. I'm a, go- I'm a dead whore. I'm that I'm that whore that James and Jeremy killed in Vegas back in 20. I mean, what? Hey, I, uh, wait. Hang, hang on, hang on. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, okay. So, and then Giles is like, uh, "What's your costume?" And she's like, "I'm a ghost," and he's like. The ghost of what, uh, exactly? And she's like, of uh, whores. Right, she's like, whores. The ghost of Christmas whores. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas whores. Um, <laughs> anyway, so she tries to defend herself, and she's like, this is nothing. Cordelia's, like, wearing a, a unitard with cat things and ears and shit. And he's like, oh, she became an actual feline? And Willow's like, no. She was just regular old bitchy Cordelia in a cat costume. And uh, 
So then a light up, a light bulb up, appears above her head as she says that. Right. Right. Um and she's like she's like, No, she got her outfit at Party Town and everyone else got their costumes at the new place, Ethan's. And then we cut to an alley. What's happening in the alley? Well, Buffy's still scared, and she's just running and stumbling and screaming and crying and um, throwing up and farting every now and then. She's so scared. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Angel and Xander and Cordy are, um, like, hot on her heels trying trying to catch up with her and um, Spike, who has been crouching behind a fence, overhears uh, Angel and Cordy, you know, discussing that Buffy's fucking helpless at this point because she doesn't know who she is and blah, blah, blah. And fucking Spike's like, yeah, perfect. Now I can beat her ass. So, uh, turning to some of his uh, little demon minion children, basically, uh... They got set on the hunt for Buffy. And, of course, Buffy's still making her way through the alley, screaming, crying, and farting. And uh, Buffy runs into Larry, who has become an actual pirate now, which they just gave him a bad set of teeth and a bandana, basically. And <laughs> But you know what's funny about the shitty-ass pirate costume they gave him? <laughs> that the one he became was even shittier. Right. But... <laughs> I, I meant the one that from like the the real pirate costume. Oh, okay. Is it took me a few minutes to realize that it was fucking Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and why didn't they put an eye patch on him? I mean, that's that's a classic. Right. I, right. I, okay. So yeah, I anyway. literally, I, I was watching the scene and I was like, I was like, where'd this random ass pirate come from? And then I was like, oh fuck, it's Larry. Right. And he's like, oh, he's please, oh, pretty woman and. Oh, pretty thing. And so he starts chasing her. She screams, of course, and runs, and he starts chasing her. And uh, Willow, in meanwhile, uh, takes Giles to this Ethan's. And they go in, and they make their way around. It's dark. You know, it's clearly closed. I don't know how the fuck they got in, but um, they make their way to that back room, and that's where we see the Giannis statue. Um. And the eyes now are glowing green in the statue, which tells us that clearly there was fuckery afoot. Fuckery. Yes. And uh, Giles tells Willer that uh, Yanis (laughs) represents the division of self. Uh, Yada, yada. And then the store's proprietor, the creepy English chap, suddenly emerges from the shadows. And starts making jokes. Um, the moment he sees him, Giles' eyes grow wide. And he tells Willow to get the fuck out of the shop. And she starts to protest. And he's like, no, go now. Which I'm like, why? She's a ghost. He can't do anything to her. You know. But anyway, uh, Willow runs out and Giles greets the man. Says, hello, Ethan. And Ethan says, hello, Ripper. <gasps> and then what happens, James? Uh, I I ejaculated a little. I know you did because of Giles <laughs> being your guy. I know. I know. 
As soon as I saw that scene, I pictured you and a, and a bottle of uh, Vaseline intensive care. And <laughs> uh, I did get go- I did get goosebumps when uh-huh. he called him when he called him Ripper. I was like, ooh, there it is. Ooh, there it is. You're like, <laughs> um, we cut back to the alley. And uh, Larry is still trying to sexually assault Buffy. <laughs> Literally. Um, and uh, Xander comes out of nowhere and tackles Larry to the ground and uh, proceeds to beat, beat the, the fucking brakes off, of off this dude. I mean, beats the. Like, that's a beating. Like, that's the type of. Like, he's in a coma. He has a brain bleed now and is probably never going to wake up. But if he does, he is definitely never going to know the difference between potato and fucking, you know, television. He's, he does, he is definitely brain damaged. Larry is now fucking ruined. Right. Um, and since we do see Larry not brain damaged later in, in the, in the show, we have to presume that any damage physically done to someone while this spell is in effect is magically undone when the spell is broken. Has to be, because I'm telling you, Larry was in intensive care for at least a year after this. <laughs> it was quite the beatdown. It was it a was fucking, it was a brain bleed. Um, so while Xander is uh, laying the smack down on Larry, Cordelia and Angel show up. And, um, so where was I? Oh, um, Buffy sees Angel and, and, uh, she, she tells Cordelia, you know, he's a vampire and Cordelia's like, she's got this thing where she, then she's like, just forget it. And she tells Buffy, you know, it's fine. Angel's a good vampire vampire he'd never hurt you uh you know he's our friend and uh at that point angel uh goes over to xander uh presumably to uh try and save what's left of larry's life (laughs) yeah xander straight up murders him yeah uh but the fight's over and larry's not not dead just Larry's already in a very deep coma. Um, and then Willow comes running down the alley, and they, she tells them, you know, you got to get inside. And she looks back, and they see Spike and his little mini monster gang coming, which is so hilariously not threatening, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's like Spike and like a three bunch of little like, kid monsters and like one regular size monster. And yeah, it's like Spike and like a bunch of Munchkins from Munchkinland. Right. It's just not scary. Um. So. Uh, we cut back to Ethan's, and um, Ethan is. Uh, He's chiding Giles a little bit. He's all like, you know, no hugs. You're not happy to see your old friend. And uh, Giles says he's 
he's um, just surprised that he didn't guess the this whole thing was Ethan's doing. Um, and they go back and forth, and um, Giles tells them, you know, it's sick and it's brutal and it harms the innocent. And Ethan's like, uh, we all know you're the champion of innocence and all things pure and good. And he tells them, you know, it's quite a little act you've got going on here. And Giles insists it's not an act, it's who he is. And uh, Ethan's like, whatever, you lying son of a bitch. They have no idea who you really are, do they? I've got a clip if you uh, want to hear this exchange. Uh, yeah. Okay. I can't believe you didn't tell me that sooner. Yeah. Well, it's right about here is where, so. It's quite a little act you've got going here, old man. It's no act. It's who I am. Who you are. The Watcher. Sniveling, tweed-clad guardian of the Slayer and her kin. I think not. I know who you are, Rupert, and I know what you're capable of. But they don't, do they? They have no idea where you come from. Break the spell, Ethan, then leave this place and never come back. Why should I? What's in the bargain for me? You get to live. Oh, Rupert, you're scary. And he houses that motherfucker. <laughs> He fucking, fucking left to the gut. And then a and knee to the fucking face. Yes. Like, Giles <laughs> is straight up badass. Yes. Uh, definitely not something we've seen from Giles. No. Uh, until now. We've seen bumbling buffoonery up till now. Yes. Uh, and we cut back to the alley. And... Um, Angel's leading the pack, and he finds an open warehouse, and they they all go inside, and uh, um, uh, shut the doors, and Spike and the monsters all show up, and they're pounding on the door, and um, Xander's fortifying the door, and um, Buffy's clinging to Cordelia, and um, uh, Spike and and his little group end up pushing their way into the warehouse. And we cut back to Ethan's. And Ethan is in the fetal position, practically, on the floor. Like, he's clearly been worked over a little bit. Dude, he's got broken ribs, a lacerated spleen, probably going to need to have a kidney removed. Like he, yeah, he's he's definitely been worked over. Oh yeah. And he says, and you said the Ripper was long gone, and we cut to Giles, and Giles is fucking standing there, just casually like cleaning his in between his fingers and his ring that he's wearing with his handkerchief. Yeah, cleaning the blood and, off. And he's and he tells Ethan, you know, tell me how to stop the spell. And Ethan gets all snarky, and he's like, say pretty, please. And Giles fucking kicks the dude in the kidney. There goes the other one. Now he's going to be on dialysis the rest of his fucking life. And Ethan, like, cries out in pain, and we cut back to the warehouse. And um, uh, um, Spike's group of monsters are 
holding Xander and Angel at bay and Spike is closing in on Buffy and he's like, you know, I don't want to say mocking her, but kind of like he's, he's all like, look at you shaking and terrified alone, a lost little lamb. And he's like, I love it. And, uh, angels struggling against the two monsters holding him. And, um, Spike grabs Buffy by the throat and, uh, she's pinned up against a crate and he bends her backwards onto the crate and um, he uh, grabs her other her and it grabs her hair with his other hand and he closes in to bite her and we cut back to Ethan's and Giles is st- <laughs> still fucking kicking Ethan on the ground like no no mercy Nope. And and Giles him again. He's like, "Tell me how to stop the spell." And Ethan's like, "Giannis, break the statue." So Giles grabs the statue and he lifts it over his head. We cut back to the warehouse and Xander breaks free and um, punches uh, the monster that was holding him. And which, by uh, the way, is a ten-year-old boy. He just fucking howls. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, um, Spike's still closing in on Buffy and we cut back to Ethan's and Giles throws the statue onto the floor and it smashes into a bunch of tiny pieces and we're back at the warehouse and, um, Xander goes to shoulder his rifle and it's turned back into the little toy gun and he's like, he's back like regular Xander again. And he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) And all the monsters turn back into the kids and the student escorts. And the kids are all of course scared and they start to cry and complain. You hear them yelling. I want my mommy. And, um, Spike looks back at them as he straightens up. And as he's straightening up, he, he pulls Buffy's hair to pull her up with him and it's just her wig. And he looks back at Buffy and she pushes herself off the crate and proceeds to beat Spike up once again yep. for the, just beat for the, the out of him for the 11. What earlier you said, she's beaten, beaten him 11, 30 times. 11, 30 so this times. Is, so this is the 11, 30 first time. Yeah. Um. And uh, or no, 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 no. I said eleventy-three times. So this oh, would be 11, the eleventy-fourth time. This is the eleventy-fourth time. Yeah, she's yeah, beat yeah. him up since he was introduced in the first episode. Yep. And hasn't been seen since the second episode. Yeah, and has never once gotten the upper hand. Right. Um. So. Um. So yeah, she's she's beaten on Spike, and we cut back to Ethan's, and uh, Giles looks behind him to the floor, and Ethan is gone. He's disappeared, and slithered away like the snake that he is. Away. Uh, we cut back to the warehouse, and Buffy finishes up with Spike, 
like she's 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 won the fight he's on the ground and instead of like busting off a piece of the crate and jamming it through his fucking heart she lets him get up and even then she still could have fucking killed this dude but instead she lets him regain his footing and his bearings and he runs off reminds me of another character that you that you're fond of that often did this type of stupid thing allowing dangerous people to live Hmm. who's that who's that i can't remember his name scottish guy (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) (laughs) um so uh xander Xander and Buffy and Cordelia and Angel all kind of reconvene and um, they all, you know, talk about how they remember, you know, or Buffy and Xander talk about how they remember what was going on. It's like they were trapped in their bodies, but they couldn't get out. um, uh, Yeah, like they were seeing what was going on, but they were like, yeah, but man, yeah. that would be so. That would horrible. <laughs> um, and Cordelia's trying to talk, and Angel and Buffy ignore her. And Literally, everyone there is like, "Shut the fuck up, Cordelia." She she gets all huffy and starts complaining about how she was talking and no one was listening. And Xander's basically like, "Just give it up. You're never gonna get in between Buffy and Angel." He's like, "Trust me, I know." And uh, um, Cordy, she's like, yeah, I guess you better get the kids back to their parents. And Xander's like, yeah, it seems everybody, or he's like, yeah, everybody seems, and he realizes Willow's gone. And he's like, where the fuck's Will? And we cut, what? Nothing, I was just going to take it, but that's fine. Um we cut to the house where Willow collapsed and um, she wakes up and gets up and um, she, by the way, she's, <laughs> she's on the front porch of the old woman who got the shit choked out of her. Yeah. And, um, and I'm surprised the old woman didn't come out the front door with like a shotgun. She, uh, she wakes up and she gets up and she pulls the sheet off and she's a little bit out of breath and, realizes she's still wearing her whore outfit and she goes to put the sheet back on but then she uh decides not to and throws it into a trash can and embraces walks, her sexiness yeah walks off the porch at which point we cut to the street and we see oz driving down the street in his van and uh he stops at an intersection and willow crosses in front of him and he watches her as she walks away and he says, who is that girl? Isn't that the third time he's seen her over the episodes? And uh, said that same second, line? second time. Okay, second time, yeah. Because the first one was at the uh, cultural appropriation ah, that's uh, right. That's right. dance in uh, Inca Mummy Girl. That's right. And he saw her, and he went to talk to her, and she walked away with Buffy, and he was like, who is that girl? Yeah. And we cut to the Summers house, and what's happening at the Summers home, Jeremy? Uh, Take us home. Buff, us up. Buffy's back in her bedroom, and 
presents herself to Angel, this time dressed in normal 20th century me clothes, she says, like which is like some sweats and a T-shirt. And he's like, why did you think I would ever like you more like because you were dressed in like that in you know that other way and you know she's like well I was trying to look the way the girls did when when you were young and he's like you know I didn't like the women back then especially the noble women they were incredibly dull and he likes interesting women like Buffy much more and they proceed to make out basically and we cut to the next day and Giles has gone back to Ethan's uh, shop and finds it's completely cleared out. And he turns, and on one of the counters, there's a, there's a little uh, postcard basically there that's written, Be Seeing You. And credits. That's the episode. That is the episode. And thanks for joining us this week. Uh, we'll... <laughs> <laughs> uh, James so, Jeremy tell me how many um, oh man I didn't think about this in advance but how many um, noble women would you give this episode I'm going to give it a five Five. I'm going to give it my first okay. five because okay. it has a special place for me in my heart because it's the first Halloween episode that becomes a, a tradition, as we've discussed. I just love it. I just, I loved the concept. Of course, there were silly, goofy things here and there, but it just didn't, it doesn't matter. It's, this is, this is quintessential buffiness right here. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, to me, with even with silly things here and there, it's flawless. It's just, it's just great. It's absolutely great, and they have definitely one hundred percent figured out Buffy now. Figured out what the tone, everything now. I'm not saying they always pull it off every time after this, but they definitely know now, and it's just, um, it's it's fantastic. I love it. It's a five. It'll always be a five. James. Yes, sir. How many Hoor costumes do you give this episode? Well, Jeremy, in another shocking twist, I think this is the only time in 18, what, this is the 18th episode overall of the mm -hmm. series, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think this is only the second time in 18 episodes where we agree I am going to give this five Hoor outfits. All right. I... I love this episode. It's it's got its nitpicky little flaws. Um, something that stands out immediately, and I forgot to mention it during the scene, is once again, our the Scoobies are in in the crowded Sunnydale Hall lounge area, just regular conversating at normal voice levels about vampires and stuff, and yeah. nobody's. And there's literally people like sitting in there with like, them. There's people right there, yeah. so, like little things. But like at this that. point, who the fucking Sunnydale doesn't know shit's crazy? So <laughs> right, and yeah. it's also one of those things that like 
even though it is something that I've mentioned several times, at this point, it's one of those things where you've just learned to roll with it. Yeah, you just like, accept it. You you just accept that even though they are talking at a regular conversational level in front of other people, other people just aren't hearing their conversation. Yeah. That, like, that's what we're going with. They have a force field. It, it's it's such a good episode. Yeah. Uh, it's... Um, it's light it's lighthearted and to a degree mm-hmm. it's funny it's mm-hmm. um yeah and everybody um and like you everybody. said smg just knocked again once again just just knocks it out of the park she yeah again and this goes to something we've talked about um both her and nikki brendan um playing against uh, type. against yeah. type you know nicholas brendan got to be you know the the big tough soldier guy um and and smg got to be the quaint little damsel in distress yeah um times times you know uh an exponential amount because the character was seven from 17 1775 yeah so is a damsel in distress taken to the umpteenth level and she knocked it out of the park and and there's some some parts of her dialogue that are very cringe like anytime she's talking about um you know being a a woman and she shouldn't have to fight and you know surely there's um there's men around to protect her and and this and that like it's cringe but also it's it's there on purpose you know it's there on purpose it's you know is like it or not that's how women were viewed and viewed themselves and viewed themselves yeah it was in that time period many centuries of brainwashing there's something for lack of a better term i'm going to say there's something almost endearing about buffy acting that way yeah um yeah, and like Sarah Michelle Gellar knocks it out of the fucking park as she always does. Yep. Uh, uh, the introduction of Ethan uh, Rain, who you know, like we discussed at the beginning, he does go on to have um, some more pivotal episodes throughout um, the series. Um, a big part of Giles' is past. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of. Not a lot, but some small hints as to to Giles's darker uh, darker past than what we might have expected him to have. Uh, the whole the whole Ripper thing. I love it. I love every bit of it. Love every bit of this episode. Oh, it's yeah. just a really good episode. Yeah, there's a lot to. You know, I hadn't even when I gave it the five. I had forgotten. Yeah, this is the another reason it deserves a five is getting, you know, this is the door cracking open for the first time on Giles and his, his backstory. And so right. that, but I mean, yeah, this is, this is a five all day long. And it's like you said, it, it, part of that is it does hold a special place um, in my collective nostalgia because it is, it's the first Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it kind of, I don't think not only sets the tone for all the future Halloween episodes, but also kind of sets the tone for all the future, for lack of a better word, um, 
irreverent episodes. Yeah, I was going to say like, like fun the, episodes. The, the yeah. more goofy, fun yep. episodes yep. that we have. And you're right. Like, this is, this is, this is Buffy, dare I say it, at its best. Oh, yeah. And I think this is the first time we've really, really seen all those elements coalesce into what makes this show what we so fondly remember. And this is 150% on the list of episodes you show someone to make them, to get them into watching this show. Yeah, I think this is the first one we've both agreed that this is def. This definitely goes on the list of you have to show this to a first time watcher. This episode, I think it's the right. first time. So yeah, this this definitely goes on the list. This is one of the first ones you show a new uh, a yep. new watcher. Yep. Quintessential right. Buffy, my friend. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's jump into a little. Monsterology. Giannis, uh, properly pronounced Janice, uh, is indeed the two-faced god of Roman mythology. Um, however, his worship is never nearly as uh, uh, menacing or sinister as depicted here in the episode. Um for the most part, Janus um, was, is the Roman god of gates and doors and beginnings and endings. And he was worshipped mainly at harvests, marriages, births, and other kinds of beginnings. Um, something kind of interesting, um, Janus uh, also represented the transition from childhood to adulthood, which is kind of a theme of of this second season of Buffy here. So also Janice went on to be um a roommate in Three's Company. <laughs> that was Janet. Oh fuck me. That was horrible joke. Horrible joke then. I'll, I'll edit that out. No you won't. I know. It's fine. Um what were the other roommates' names on Three's Company? Uh, Janet. Jack. Jack. And, well, which Chrissy, and then became Chrissy. Um, supposed to be her cousin. Uh, God, I never really cared for her. I loved Chrissy, Terry, Terry. No, the other one. The um, the oh oh, there was a there was yeah. the six. What uh-huh. that would be the sixth one. Yeah the the um, the kind of the kind of uh, she was like a Chrissy care. She was just like Chrissy basically. You know, the, yeah, they they brought her in when when contract negotiations with Susan Suzanne yeah, Summers, and she was supposed and, uh, to be the Chrissy character's cousin, and she yeah, was real kind of um, dingy too, you know, and buxom Cindy. blonde. Cindy. Cindy, that was it. Cindy. Cindy, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, that's the one uh, I was thinking of. I had completely three, forgot about Terry. Uh, welcome to Three's Company Revisited. Three's though. Company Two. Yeah. <laughs> Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Where the kisses are hers and hers and his. Three's company too. And everybody knows the best character on that show was Mr. Furley. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Don Knotts. Yeah, always great. Everything he's ever done, right? Ever did. Don Knotts, perfection. Anyway. 
our body count this week is two, mm. if you count Willow. Yes, and you do because she I, technically and did And I'm going to count Willow because she yep. fucking died. Yep. Um, behind the scenes, I know you've been waiting. And really, you should count Larry because we know he's not waking up from that. Co- and, and had that not been a magical thing, he ain't waking up from that from that beating. True. Just saying. I'm just not going to include him. Okay. 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 So two. Uh, behind the scenes, I know you've been waiting for. Uh, can't wait. Close to two hours for this. Um, Ethan's Latin incantation translates to, "Giannis, I invoke your spirit. Hear my plea. Seize the night for your own reason. Come, appear, and show to us that which is infinite power." The mask transforms itself into flesh and blood. Your holy presence curdles the heart. Giannis, take the night. There is no way he said all that with just a little bit of supposed Latin dialogue he spewed out. He said, he said all that. No, I'm no, telling you. I'm no. telling you. No, he didn't. I'm telling you. No. I'm telling you. You're wrong. Yes, he did. You're wrong. Yes, he. No, I'm right. <laughs> Sorry. Facts is facts, uh, brother man. The facts of life? The facts of life. Okay. Uh, I don't know that theme song. Me neither. Off the top of my head. I, I don't so. either. Um, but you had Joe, Trudy, Mrs. Garrett. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. And, no. No, it was to- uh, Tootie, not Trudy. Was Oh, yeah, Tootie. 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 Yeah. Um, our bronze band this week, believe it or not, we did have a bronze band. Epperly. Oh, yeah, my, my old, yeah, yeah, the great band. And our music this week, Shy by Epperly, released on the album Epperly by Triple X Records in 1996. Followed up by and, the record Who Gives a Flying Fuck. And uh, How I mean, She I Died. I just mean for their music, you know. Uh, and How She Died by Treble Charger, released on the album Maybe It's Me by RCA Records in 1997. Well, how did she die? Uh, I don't know. I didn't listen to the song. Oh, okay. I'm sure it's in the lyrics somewhere. Okay. Um, goof em ups and oopsies. Oh, this is my favorite. Do you have any? No. No? No. Um, I mean, I I look them, I always look them up, but they're just, for this, this happens a lot lately. There, there's just not that really many, there's no, nothing really that much to bring up. So I, I leave it for you. So we're not stepping on each other's toes. Um, I usually, I usually, when I watch the episode, I try to see if there's anything noticeable to me mm-hmm. and then, and then I'll, I'll look it up when I'm researching the episode. These two things did pop out at me while I was watching the episode, what okay. I'm going to discuss. I want to, and then I have one in my head, so I'll see if it's, and then, and then when I was researching the episode, sure enough, they were brought up. Okay. So answer me this. Okay. Willow, Willow is a ghost, yeah. and she's incorporeal. Compor- mm. She's non-corporeal. Mm-hmm. So, how come the curtain moves in Ethan's shop when she brushes against it? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I saw. And how come you can hear the door closing, opening and closing? When oh, she when he tells shop? her to leave. Yeah. Well, you know what that was. That was the. That was. Um, bad ADR, poor ADR. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't sound tell him don't don't put did. the sound effects in for that because she's right. apparently just walking through the thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I saw the, the curtain other one. Thing. 
the other one, I, I'm, I, I've got this in goof em ups and oopsies because uh, I thought about it when watching the episode, and then it was brought up. But also when I was watching the episode, I dismissed it because it, it can be explained away. So vampires cannot enter a home without mm-hmm. an invitation. All right. Yet that kid turned vampire attacks Buffy and Angel in Buffy's kitchen. Right. With no answer as to how he got in. So is that a mistake? Or what I'm willing to do, and I did in the episode at first, is chalk it up to the fact that he's not really a vampire. Yeah, that's... So I think, the rules don't apply. Yeah, I think it'd be a whole different... Yes, yes, that's exactly what I was gonna trying to think of how to say, but yeah, exactly. I thought you were going to bring up the whole, well, how the fuck did Angel just come in the back door? Well, it's because she invited him a long time ago and never withdrew the invitation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I never questioned that. Okay. Because I remember she... You're a much smarter man than me. Well, that, I mean, without saying. Right. (laughs) It just goes without saying. And that is all I have for this week. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, James. Yes, sir. Why don't you tell our loyal listeners mm-hmm. how they can get in touch with us should they wish to do so? Well, Jeremy. Yes. This is going to blow your mind. Okay. But I want you to take this in as I, as I tell you. Okay. Did you know that there is a website? Okay. And it is www.buffyrevisited.com. Wow, I had no idea. And if you go to that website, uh-huh. you will find some links. Really? You will find links to Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited, on Twitter. Okay. And you will find an email, buffyrevisited at gmail.com, where you can email us. Wow. So you go to that page, BuffyRevisited.com, and you could click on that Facebook link, and you can go to our Facebook page, and you can leave us a comment. You can send us a direct message, and we can talk about anything Buffy and Angel related or not Buffy and Angel related. You can tell us what you think of Buffy and Angel. You can tell us what you think of us. It doesn't matter. You have blown my mind. You can also... Do the same thing with that link to Twitter. You can go onto the Twitter. You can tweet at us all your thoughts about Buffy and Angel, your thoughts about us, or anything else your heart desires. And you can click on that email link, and you can email us those same things. Your thoughts on Buffy and Angel, your thoughts on us, or your thoughts on anything in general. And we would love to hear from you. You have completely blown my mind, James. It's astonishing, isn't it? It's fucking amazing. Now, one question. Can they mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. they email us or tweet at us or Facebook us about Willer? <laughs> I said they can do any of those things about anything they want. Okay. Well, then what's keeping you guys? Hit us up. Hit us up. Hit us up. Seriously, we would love to to engage in discussion with with uh, anybody 
that listens, other fans of the Buffyverse, you know, obviously that being Buffy and Angel, um, discussions about the the shows overall, specific episode discussions, um, discussions about how Jeremy and I are doing with the podcast. Um, uh, you know, we we would love to engage with other fans um, about about uh, uh, these shows. Um, so so please feel free to reach out to us uh, in any capacity. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And with that being said, thank you for joining us this week. We look forward to seeing you next week. What's our episode for next week, James? Uh, next week is Lie to Me. Yes, it is. And I'm going to lie a lot next week. Anyway, we will see you then. As always, thank you for joining us. I've been one of your hosts. I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.